MLS Aces Podcast, episode 183. We are back and we got a full crew tonight. Vaughn, last week it was just you and me. Now we got the two boys down below, Jason and Sam. Sam, I'll go to you first. How are you, bud? How have you been? Feeling How good. has life? Life life is good. Life life is good. I, I am glad to be back, ready to be here, bringing the excitement. I know Jason's got the excitement with me tonight. Always, always. Jason's oh, yeah. always bringing it. Jason, the excitement, Vivang. That's what we call him. <laughs> Behind the scenes, that's what we call him. Exactly. Every, every single episode. Jason, <laughs> Let's Jason, go. The Tim, Timbers, Jason, the excitement, Vivang. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great, you know. Bring in the excitement. Uh, yes. Really, really excited that we've got some games being played. Uh, and <laughs> also, you know, in our little playing song, when the the symbol starts hitting consistently, I start. <laughs> that's where I start vibing. It's like it's like 22 seconds in or so, and you're just like, ooh. If anyone's listening to the podcast and they have no idea what the fuck we're talking about, then watch us live. It's check weird. out it's YouTube, check out Switch, or afterwards, Jason. You know, afterwards, we definitely we, you can do that too. YouTube, yeah, YouTube yeah, is a you, thing that's pretty. There quality. you go. There, there you it's go. Pretty cool. Vaughn, you were here last week. You're here this week as well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm ready. This is exciting. Yeah, the season we- is like in full force. <laughs> CCL, we got week two. Did you, we did got. Did we mention nobody we're excited? Because <laughs> I'm All fucking right. excited. I'm pumped. <laughs> so excited. All right. It's time with the excitement. All, all three of you. I was going to say all four of you. All four of you, stop it. Um, stop it. Let's let's talk CCL. I guess it's fresh. It's, it, it's the most recent games that happened. Maybe not the, uh, the best results after the first round after everyone was getting hyped up i was getting hyped up um depends on who you're rooting for (laughs) yeah i guess so i guess so uh let's start with the with the all mls matchup atlanta versus philly in atlanta um philly comes away with a three nothing win big brace from caster casper shabilko he had a fantastic game he was looking good i guess really any takeaways from that game, Jason? I know you. This may be a a point you want to touch on later on, but definitely some some set pieces really not being defended. I think that was also something in this game that not that yeah. all the goals came from set pieces, but definitely some poor set piece defending. No, but just as a whole, I mean, we'll get into it later. But as a whole, MLS is just like, what are you doing on defense? Like, where is our quality set piece defense? It's just non-existent. People are just like, oh, the ball is 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 not moving. I should prepare for this, and then they just don't. And I guess the larger <laughs> question that I want to ask the group is: Are we okay with Dupe Nation? being in the CCL semifinals come, I think, August is when the next rounds are. I mean, not that it's confirmed yet, right? There has to be a second I mean, this was a win-win either way, right? MLS team was going to move on. Yeah, but I know some people are Philly. I I personally, I have a secret love for Philly. Philly just does things right. And I know many people don't like Atlanta fans, even though Atlanta does things right for the most part, right? Right. But just want to see if you guys are feeling Philly. Both, over both fan bases are like polarizing in some ways, right? I guess not as much in Philly for the union, but just as a city as a whole. Um, Fair. I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I'm just fine with it. MLS teams moving on. I don't give a fuck who they are. 
let's stick with the positive for right now. So Philly most likely punched their ticket, right? Three away goals. You're up three, nothing on an aggregate, most likely punched their ticket to a CCL uh, semifinal for this year. Let's stick with, I guess, what is some, I'm going to say it's a positive Columbus two, two draw against Monterey uh, probably should have been a two, one win, but a 90 plus three goal that just was was lazy defending was poor defending coming back to the set piece issue here yeah i was gonna say wasn't that a set piece as well that one yeah so a 2-1 win at home comes down to a 2-2 draw uh again you're setting yourself up for all you have to do is win but you have to go win at monterey and um you know it's tough i don't know sam within these first two games you have any did you have like any kind of things you liked you didn't like i think these were probably the two most positive results of of the uh quarterfinals i would probably add portland in there okay i mean you're you're gonna come at Portland against america is is a good result too and eking it out right it was a late late penalty that they got i mean i would consider that a positive that this is a draw instead of a one out loss so yep. I did say coming into that game, I don't, Vaughn, I don't remember if it was you last week or I said it somewhere else that if Portland came away with a draw, um, no matter what the scoreline really was, that it was a good result. So, yes, fact check me there that that is appreciated. 1-1 <laughs> draw, Portland coming away uh, with a last-minute PK from Felipe Mora to tie things up 1-1. Uh, they're moving on again. Portland's in the same scenario as Columbus where all you got to do is just go down to Mexico and win. That's so easy, right? Because MLS teams do that all the time. So Sam, I'll go back to my question now that we included (laughs) the three positive results, Portland, uh, Columbus, and I guess Philly, Atlanta not being a positive result, but those three positive results, what were your takeaways? What did you like, I guess, kind of let's focus on the positive of CCL. Oh, the positive. So, sorry, Atlanta fans. Uh, no positive. Um, well, in, I, in giving Philly positivity, we bring Atlanta absolutely. down. <laughs> so, sorry. But, I mean, so, as we all remember at the end of last season, Philly really took this big step, um, you know, by getting Supporter Shield. And then it was, okay, CCL, but you're losing guys like Mark McKenzie, like um, Brendan Aarons and guys like that. We weren't all sure how they were going to really fare. And, and it's like, all right, so not only can you beat you know, other CCL opponents, you can smoke an MLS team um, with no problem. Just, it was a, it was a good game. Um, I, I don't expect Atlanta to roll over in the second game at all, but on the road in Philadelphia, that's, that's a hard game. That's a... I also like, in all honesty, like Monterey and Club America are two of the best teams in Mexico always. So like, Columbus and Portland just had good results. Drawing at home, not ideal. Columbus giving up a goal at the very end, like when they could have walked away with the win, that, that's hard. But I think it's a lot better than going into it, you know, down a goal and needing like multiple goals. You, you can go in and eke out a one-goal win in Mexico. It's uh, been done, I'm sure, by other Mexican teams. But... Um, <laughs> Probably not by the American teams too often, but you know, I, I don't know. I don't know like the stats on like how how American teams are doing in Mexico, but I know it's not good. So going in on a neutral, you know, field like that is, is a good start. So I can't complain. I think overall positivity, it's very good going in for Columbus, Portland, and for Duke. 
Vaughn, who has outside of Philly, right? Outside of that Philly Atlanta matchup, who in your opinion has the the better chance of I guess of pulling that second leg upset, making it to a, a CCL semifinal? TFC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I still really liked what I saw from Columbus. Uh, they definitely have the cards stacked against them with Zella Rayan out for that second leg. Yeah. Uh, but we saw them dominate uh, real stretches of that game. And I think, I, I said this when it happened, I think if Jonathan Mensah had been on the field in that game, that mm-hmm. late stoppage time uh, equalizer doesn't happen. Um, so if Mensa can get out there for the second leg and we can see that same style of play out of Columbus, um, we've seen they can be goal dangerous. We see that they can keep pace with Monterey. Um, can they do it? Will they do it? That's the big question. But am I counting them out of it? No, no, they, they, they've given themselves a shot going into leg two. And I, I can agree with that. I personally think, and Sam and Jason, you know, definitely if you guys, disagree let me know but i personally think columbus does have the best shot of moving on um monterey i think very good mexican side don't get me wrong but i think the weaker of the two from what i know about liga mechis which isn't the best so definitely don't challenge me there but i think columbus even without zelarayan has the pieces to really do well if mensa is back i think that that is huge as well um I don't know. I really like this team. We, we've, we've talked about Columbus kind of in all of the the previews we've done, and, and we've given them their praise. Columbus is good. Columbus is deep. They have the players and the pieces to really do well, and I think that if Columbus or Portland are going to move on, it is Columbus. Um, Sam, Jason, you guys have any Portland takes, or are you guys all Columbus as well? Um, um, personally, like, you want to go? Uh, no, you go. You go first. Okay, personally, I think Columbus is is in a better spot. Like you, you guys. Um, I mean, this is the we've been talking about their depth leading up into the season. Like this is when they're going to need it, and this is what that depth was for, really. Like when people are missing, they have people who can fill those roles in a pretty good way. I felt uh, for almost most of the game, they were the better team. Uh, they looked solid in a lot of moments, and and I mean without that really bad effort at the end, like you clear that ball, we're talking up, we're going to one up. So there's a huge difference. I mean, going into Mexico, while it's going to be hard and it's not, it's not impossible. Right. Um, it's close but, to it, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's not impossible. Hey, if we think it's impossible, then they're going to lose. Right. If they think it's impossible. I also thought Nagby was really good. I really liked what he was doing in that game. He was. Definitely. The the one thing that I do want to give Portland is apparently Portland at home in CCL play is undefeated. I that was something from the the broadcast last night that I saw. And last night they kept that true. So I guess it's shout nice out story. Portland for that. But I mean, I don't know. You gotta go do it on the road now. Well, and I will say for Portland, the the argument for them is that they only have one away goal that they conceded. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, the benefit is they they can, you know, blow it and, and have a one one draw and they're still going to push the game uh, into PKs, whereas that's not going to be the situation for Columbus. So uh, it's maybe a little bit more of a manageable situation for Portland than for Columbus in that they have a little bit of a longer rope in terms of what they can give up and still stay in the fight. 
And what's definitely not manageable is a uh, 3-1 loss at home for Toronto. That's definitely not, not manageable. Cruz Azul uh, took care of business down in Orlando. They, Toronto couldn't even bring on the Gator at the half to really kind of, you know, swing the, the the pace of that game, right? But Toronto, sorry, unfortunately. I was really hoping Josie just put away five somehow and just really just turned all the haters off. But Toronto, you're out of CCL for the most part unless we can pull off some some magical didn't they have Didn't the crew have a goal disallowed also? Yeah. Uh, off sides, right? I think Paige – no, Bradley Wright Phillips. Bradley Wright Phillips had yeah. a good yeah. call that one back. You know, so – the crew were scoring. Uh, I'll give them that. The crew were definitely creating opportunities. And Vaughn, to your point, Jonathan Mensah is an absolute game changer. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe Jonathan Mensah can do something. Maybe he can score in a set piece. He's a big dude. Um, but yeah, <laughs> definitely be uh, difficult for for sure for, for both Columbus and Portland heading into leg two. I guess we're all in the Duke bucket right now and hoping Philly just stays undefeated in, in international play, right, Philly? haven't lost a game in international play, which is big. Um, cool. That's CCL, guys, for everyone listening, whatever, watching CCL. It's, it's, it's second leg is next week. Then we get a nice big break until August because that's how CCL is running this year. But Ridiculous. You know, it's whatever. We're getting ridiculous. We're getting informed teams playing in the final. It's too long. You know, that could potentially be it. Sam, I know you're not the CCL guy, so I'm not even. I'm not even entertaining you. It's just ridiculous. If they're gonna have a long break like that, why not have it after a round instead of mid round? No, it's not mid round. We're getting the second legs next week. Well, that's what I mean. Oh, oh, you're and right. And then the, the semifinals okay. are in okay. August. Yeah. The finals are in. Well, then that that kind of makes sense. So kind of dumb, but it's whatever. I, it, maybe if we get some inform MLS team, I'm happy, right? But we'll see. Um, let's move forward. Let's talk about some news. Not a lot of, I guess, crazy amount of news player-wise or transfer-wise as we still kind of have a little bit of that that transfer window open to start this MLS season. But TFC, you know, not going to say CCL was great for them, but they, they bring in a winger from Santos. They bring in a guy who was a 2020 Copa Libertadores best 11 player, Venezuelan international. There's a picture of him going around Twitter where he's fouling the absolute shit out of Messi. Uh, he is a, um, I think Alexi Lalas was calling him a diminutive, uh, winger or a diminutive playmaker attacker. And TFC definitely is used to those tiny dudes being an absolute baller. Um, Sam, I don't know how much you know about Jefferson Saltado. I didn't know much about him until I did a shit ton of research and this dude's legit. Yeah, so I uh, I didn't do a shit ton of research. I did like the um, the bare minimum uh, research because, <laughs> because I, I've been busy. But uh, he he seems legit, like a guy from Santos who is really good on the ball. Like it, it's just adding to attacking pieces for TFC. Which at this at point, this if point, TFC, TFC can, can you know get them in, get him in, somehow make it to the next leg of CCL, like that's a good depth piece in there. And he's probably going to be starting most games in MLS. Him and Pozuelo, like, Pozuelo passing the ball to a guy who's amazing on his feet is, like, Messi passing to Neymar. And I'm not <laughs> comparing the two, but I'm saying if you want that to think about the comparison, comparison, if you want to think about the comparison, that's what you want to think about. Because I think 
give them a couple months together, it could be really, really good. When will they be able... What, a, when is Pozuelo coming back? I have not heard anything about Pozuelo. Yeah. I know Zach is a big uh, TFC fan. Nothing about Pozuelo, you know? Not that I know. I don't know the exact time that he's coming back. Let me see. And then when is this? Is he Sotel Soteldo going to be eligible or whatever to play? Uh, he is eligible. I know from <laughs> Instagram that Saltado is on his way. He's already in Orlando. Apparently, he's already down there. I'm sure oh, he nice. has to go through Some whatever protocol. type of quarantine it may be. Right, it's Florida. Um, there's probably no protocol. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they chose that. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, whatever it may be, right? COVID-wise, that the league is is having them do. I'm sure he has to go through it. So I'm sure he's not going to be available for like two or for this weekend's game or Bummer. probably the weekend after. But give him maybe two weeks, and I'm sure you'll see Saltado up on the left wing next to Josie or Io or Patty Mullins, whoever else is. We playing need Io right back too. All Io those guys. He, he, he's kind of there. Look, he he played what like. 15 minutes. Yeah, I didn't really get much, but <laughs> um all right. So that's that's the Everson Saltado. Uh Vaughn, I'm sorry, I didn't ask you your opinion on Saltado. Anything left unsaid that you want to say? I mean, from what I've seen, I think the real question is how he's going to be integrated. Uh from from what I've read is he's definitely an offensive minded player. Yeah. Uh not as involved on the defensive side of the ball, which we've seen under Armas, they're switching to that four four two and being much more aggressive in pressing and, and in being an attack-minded team uh, and, and counter-pressing. So once Pozuelo's healthy, you know, where do the pieces for TFC move around, right? With Soltado and uh, you, you've got to try and find minutes for, I mean, Pozuelo's going to get back out there, Josie, Ayo Akinola, Osorio, and they're moving Michael Bradley more forward and into the attack. Yeah. It's more a question of where do all these pieces land right. and how does that fit into Armas's plans? Um, that's the big question mark for me. Um, but Soltado, he's a clear class player. Um, and I think he's going to be that, uh, you know, Zella Rayon level, you know, changes the game for them. This to me takes TFC where, where I had them on the outside of the playoffs, just because I felt that all the stuff that's going on, right? I, yeah. I just, my gut was telling me they weren't quite there. Jefferson Soltado changes a lot of that dynamic. Um, he's the kind of guy that can totally flip that roster from being okay, good to like really good. I'm also interested to see because TFC does have a lot going on, I think, roster wise, right? I think it's not a surefire thing that IO is going to be there the entire season. Um, Josie's probably there for the entire season because just because of his contract, but I know he has had some, I think Liga Amekis interest. Um, th there's guys on that roster who may not be there the entire season. So it's, it'll be interesting to see kind of what this roster looks like come playoff time. Right. I think that's my biggest question mark. Well, and the other factor of this is that um, they're loaded up on their three DPs. None of them classify yeah. as a young designated player. So uh, under the new U22 rules, they can't go after on any of their U22 players um, because they filled up all those DP spots. They're now limited to one uh, U22 player. So, you know, where there were these comments about this is kind of feels like the last hurrah for TFC in this iteration of it. I, I think this signals that they're gunning for it. They're going for, for titles right now um, because this roster is going to have changeover uh, for that next age, and Soltado is going to be that guy that's going to bridge the gap to the next era of TFC, I believe. 
Look at you. That's why you're the producing, Vaughn. You're bringing in these these facts, like knowledge. I love it. I love it. But no, it, it's it's 100% true. It's like this is going from what it feels like in being the Josie Michael Azorio Delgado age of TFC into, I guess, you know, that these young guys, Schaffelberg and Prizzo, and um, I can't think of Peruza. Jordan Peruza is another one. Like, right, these these young TFC Academy guys coming up. It's, it'll be interesting to see where, like, a Saltado fits in. I know, you know, obviously, I'm a big Chris Mavinga fan. I think he's a stud. But, um, you know, we'll see kind of how TFC transitions. I don't think a trophy is in their sights unless it's a Canadian championship. But we'll see. Um, let's, let's transition to other French center backs. Sega Koulibaly, the, the off-brand Koulibaly coming to the LA Galaxy. Initially, when this was reported, this move, it was going to be a summer transfer, right? But the Galaxy decided to pay a transfer fee for Koulibaly and bring him into the Galaxy now. So maybe they saw the need for center back more urgent now than anything else. But, um, you know, not much to really kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Not much to really say uh, that this guy is bringing a ton of league de experience. This guy, you know, has played for French um, youth national teams. He's kind of coming in with similar qualities of the other French wingers that they brought in, right? Obviously, he's not a winger, but just kind of that French league de kind of borderline league uh, experience. Um, how are you guys feeling about the Vanny French Revolution going on? I mean, it's it's happening. Anyone? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to come up with a French Revolution joke, and all I have is like <laughs> off with their heads. Um, I don't know. I, Greg Vanny knows what he's doing. We all know he knows what he's doing. So, I mean, this is nothing but a great move at the back, which has been uh, LA Galaxy's weakest position for the longest. Yeah. Yeah, Having I mean, someone come in with a lot of experience, like this is a really good good move. I hate it, and it's a great move. <laughs> what, have, what have I always said on this podcast? When the LA Galaxy are Never the LA Galaxy. Greg Van- oh, yeah, <laughs> that one too. That one too. <laughs> when the LA Galaxy are the LA Galaxy, it's the, the league is better. When Manchester yeah. United is at the top of their game, the Premier League is just so much, I feel like, more you know cultivating to watch. Like it's... It, it's the same way with the LA Galaxy and Major League Soccer. We want to see, we, no one wants to see the Galaxy win, but when they're winning, there's just, it feels like the league is it's just fun. that much more fun. I don't know. But um, this is definitely kind of Vanny just, I feel like kicking it into overdrive to bring in some some talent from overseas. And he's clearly been able to, to find that talent in, in teams past. And he's, you know, hopefully doing it again. Uh, just quickly, the other move I wanted to mention, we don't have to talk about it. Manny Perez, uh, the longtime U.S. youth international who signed with Celtic. And I remember everyone was pumped about him, I feel like, four or five years ago. Was on loan at North Carolina in USL for a few years. He uh, Portland signed him, I think, on a free, then loaned him to Austin for about like 100K in allocation money. So Portland just doing whatever they can to just make some money. So Manny Perez, he's on Austin. Um that's all I really got to say there. Let's 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 move to the to the U.S. men's national team pieces, or mainly, I guess the the USMNT pieces who are out in Europe, just absolutely collecting goddamn trophies. Um, there's been a lot of them, a lot of them that I think I was uh, I was a little delayed in kind of giving them their love online, but I want to talk about them. You guys, 
I'll I'll read them all out. You tell me which one I guess is most important to you or sounds the fucking coolest because why not? Sam, you can you can think about that. <laughs> I actually have a fantastic answer if you want me to give it. So. Let, let me read it and then so everyone listening has an understanding of how we're collecting trophies in Europe. And then Sam, you'll you'll be first, sir. Serginio so oh winning uh, Copa del Rey. Pretty big one. Jordan Sibichu winning the Swiss Super League. I think that's how you say his last name. I really hope it's how you say his last name. Uh, Zach Steffen starting in net winning the EFL Cup. No one really cares about the Carabao Cup, but we care when Zach Steffen's in net. That's pretty much how I feel about it. Uh, Mark McKenzie, he uh, collected the Belgian Cup. I think this past week with Genk. Um, this one I did miss. Henry Wingo, former Seattle Sounders. Apparently he's out there playing in Hungary. He just collected the uh, Hungarian first division title. So shout out Henry Wingo on that right uh, back, cool. right back roll. I think he's a right wing back now. Um, and I think that's it. I think I I covered all of them. Unless I missed one, Sam. I'm going to go to you first. Which one is the cool? Yeah. Yeah. So. At, look, as a Spurs fan, my heart broke this weekend watching watching that freaking game. But but you are a goalkeeper guy. But I'm a Go goalkeeper guy, and <laughs> it is so important to have a guy in net who has experience at the like you know in finals in, in those high pressure moments where every save is like the biggest save of your life. And and Zach Steffen stepped up. There were a couple opportunities. There was some good distribution on his end. Like, he looked good in that game, which I unfortunately watched all of. So, <laughs> like, I, I think that's nothing but good for the U.S. men's national team that we have a guy who's, who's got experience in cup finals. I mean, he would have been in the FA Cup final, too, if, he had, um, if they had beaten Chelsea. So, like, look, but that's Pep Guardiola trusting an American goalkeeper to play in their biggest games. Like, and that's a big deal. So like, I'm really happy for, for him. And like, I'm excited for what that means, you know, for his confidence in the future. And that's the uh, bargaining yeah. stage of grief right there. <laughs> I want a cup. I just want one. <laughs> Jason, how about you? Obviously we have a lot of us or I guess not even, they don't have to be. US I mean, seeing players. any of those guys succeed is just a good feeling, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. You see a picture with any of them with a trophy. It's like, Oh, or, like, this I don't know awesome. if you guys saw the Copa del Rey picture of Serginio Dest holding the, the trophy with Messi. Oh, yeah. Every time they're in the same picture, I'm just going to cry a little. Like, is, this, <laughs> is this real life? I have to like hit myself to make sure it's real life. I love it. Uh, Vaughn, do you have anyone that kind of sticks out to you? Uh, I'm going to go totally off script here. And to me, the biggest winner getting the biggest title is Jesse Marsh. Yes. Going to RB oh, baby. I'm sorry, but that that eclipses everything else. You know, These other trophies for me, that's the big one. We've got a U.S. head coach coming from MLS, making the big move to a Champions League uh, side in uh, Austria, and now he's moving up further in the Red Bull system. He's turning down gigs with Tottenham and choosing to stay within the Red Bull system and wait, move, move when, on and up. Wait, we were going to get Jesse. Oh, shit, what? Yeah. I didn't even I hear about that. He was all in the mix. It was all I in thought the it mix. was Nagelsmann. Oh, shit, man. Like, whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, did you guys see? He's um, in the conversation. Yeah. Did you guys see his, the um, the Leipzig Twitter post today about him? And they um, it was like, 
the the whiteboard and they were checking off all the names that they and then the, it next to it it says manager and it just says JN and they looked at it and went oh crap and just drew an extra <laughs> line so it said JM like, oh, that was so great. I love that. I mean, that's I didn't funny. see that. I will hop on that because that is that's yeah. perfect. Um, Jesse Marshman, that that is a perfect transition, Vaughn, because I definitely yep. want to give Jesse his love. He's a young coach. At the end of the day, when you're looking about it, like when you're looking at it at like a, a larger, you know, kind of viewpoint, he's a very young coach. He's already won a lot. You know, at one point, you kind of forget he coached the Montreal Impact and didn't really do well there. And in his one year there too, um, talk about that. It's a dark year. Chivas USA <laughs> You know, this guy won a supporter shield with the Red Bulls, and he goes to to Austria. He wins the Austrian Cup. He wins the Austrian Bundesliga. Will probably win the Austrian Bundesliga again uh, this season. I know right now. Uh, Salzburg, they're they're leading that, and he's gonna go to Sa- uh, Leipzig. Jesus, he's gonna go to Leipzig, Leipzig, and Leipzig, Leipzig, <laughs> um, and he's. You have to think he's gonna do something there, right? You have to think at least like a, a DFP Pokal is in his future. Like Tyler I just, Adams is back with him. Yeah, Tyler Dude, Adams is back. Maybe little thing. Brendan Aronson with them. Maybe I don't know. Ooh. Let's hope. <laughs> Well, I feel like they can see hey, more words. Like that. It doesn't matter what like window is open. It's just yeah. like, oh, you can have them. Just all loans. <laughs> well, and, and I think the bigger play here, right, like is his career progression, right? From here, it's going to be only up. But I think long term, whether it's the 2026, no, it's going to be either the 2026 or the 2030 cycle. I yeah. expect him to be with the U.S. men's national team. Yeah. He will be the U.S. men's national team manager at some point. It's just, when right i think he definitely wants to build upon the club career a little bit right i think he well, he's wants killing to it why yeah he's yeah, why if, stop? He, if he succeeds with leipzig there's no reason why legitimately in a few years time right Bayern seriously couldn't be in his future or dortmund seriously couldn't be in his future um or prem team yeah or <laughs> wherever maybe tottenham's calling him back up in a few years we don't know but, well, why would he take a step down from like <laughs> He can go to a Super League team. Yeah, he's coaching. He's coaching. No, we don't like Super, Super League teams anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, any more Jesse Marsh comments before we finally dive, in, dive into week two of the MLS season? You heard it here first. Jesse Marsh will be Byron's head coach Yep. in three years. Top After Nagelsmann leaves. <laughs> after Nagelsmann goes and you know he's coaching the German national team then Marsh steps up and well he's gonna win uh the Bundesliga so it's been yeah, pretty sick maybe we'll yeah. see. <laughs> first one to win it that's not Bayern in like a decade but <laughs> uh, all right let's talk week two um <laughs> Week two was was a very fun week following up, I think, the excitement that kind of week one gave. Uh, Jason, Sam, obviously you guys weren't here to talk week one, so I will be tossing it to you guys a lot to give your week two picks. Vaughn, I will still – I know you're wearing a jersey of a team that you want to talk about, so I will make sure we, we – You handsome devil. But if you guys are new listening to the MLS Aces podcast, there's a lot of teams in MLS. We cannot cover every single team every single week. So how we do this is we, depending on who's here this week, right? Like last week, Vaughn and I, it was just us. So we kind of touched on a lot of topics. There's four of us here this week. So we're each going to take one or two games, storylines, major happening around the league and really 
just kind of pinpoint that, focus on that. And if we want to talk on it, we'll talk on it. That's pretty much how we're going to do this. So Jason, I will go to you first. We already kind of touched on one of your points. I don't know if you want to start with that, but I'll, the floor is yeah. yours. Too. Yeah, I'd like to start with that because to me, like the defense so far over the first two weeks, including week one, because obviously I didn't talk about it last week, but there's just been, it's been pretty sloppy overall and like it's early season i get it but set piece defense is something they should be practicing consistently <laughs> and i guess if i were to pick a game it would have to be nycfc right because they put five set piece goals on cincinnati yep. that that should never happen that's like that's what are they playing on a high school team sorry cincinnati fans <laughs> but, um <laughs> i know we we know a lot we, we know something i feel bad but like what the hell why is your defense this trash and even even last week, Portland, I think, let in two technically, but one got called back for a handball. Um, I will I also say a bunch more, that but... point, Vaughn, you have been calling out one player in specific who keeps on getting dunked on game after game. I don't know <laughs> if you want to throw his name out there now, but you, you can. The great Michael Bradley. The great Michael Bradley. Just, <laughs> just, it, it's incredible. It you can't MLS, CCL, doesn't matter where. Uh, that man cannot mark on set pieces. He cannot <laughs> cover can't anyone can't inside ride. the box. And so I don't understand why Armas has him in that position. If he keeps getting burned, like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. But, I like, injuries. Like, he's have to – like, Bradley's had to play, I think, more of an advanced role early on just because – no Pazuelo. I think Azorio is out for a little bit. Um, and outside of that, you're relying on a lot of academy kids to play different roles. Yeah, but you got Omar Gonzalez out there at, at center back. And somehow on set pieces, they're consistently hitting Victor Wanyama, Whoa. dunking over the top of... <laughs> like, like, why is Michael Bradley marking Victor Wanyama there? I don't understand. Yeah, he's going to get killed. He's I mean, get Brad, killed. It's because it's midfield on midfield, man. They literally are that simple when they're doing this. Like, to be fair, Michael Bradley wasn't really marking anyone. He was more watching him. That's, more, but... that's worse. That is way worse. That's I say that helpful. you actually made it worse. <laughs> this, this is a problem with the fire, too, though. The fire let in set-piece goals left. I don't think they let in any last weekend. Actually, I've been pretty happy with how the fire have played, despite you know where we're at right now. Um, but... It's just like set piece goals shouldn't be this easy. I shouldn't be looking at it, watching a game and like watching Twitter during a Saturday and see like six set piece goals. <laughs> yeah. Let alone no. five in a game. Five in a game is absurd. Two I, in a game is crazy. I, mean, I so I was uh, guest appeared. Yeah, I, I will I will say I don't I feel weird saying that. I don't know. Like I'm not a big deal, but I mean I kind of am. But I I'm mean not. you kind of are. <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> I guess appeared on the Philadelphia Union podcast this uh, yesterday. So it dropped today. Uh, Dupe by the River, Dupe by the River pod. Great guys, go check it out. Um, and you know, we were talking about this upcoming week's game, Philly versus NYCFC. Um, they were talking, you know, like Philly center backs are big dudes. They're going to score on set pieces and everything like that. And you know, I was like, we have two international center backs who start for their national team who are just six, one and six, two and Keegan parks, uh, Keaton parks is huge. And Tati Castellanos, you know, he falls on the ground and cries, but he's like five ten. 
like <laughs> NYCFC's got some big pieces too. And like you said, uh, Jason, I think the biggest example of your point is five nothing, five set piece goals. That's it. It's just ridiculous, to be honest. Like you can have taller players, but to let five. That's just yes. I'm saying on corners, obviously, right? That's the thinking is aim for the big guys and yeah, you know. But. Well, to to be fair, that's also in Yankee Stadium where hey. like you, you can foul a guy at it midfield and it's a set piece that can lead to a goal easily. You mean you foul a guy at home plate and yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> and then he goes to third base and scores a goal. Like, ridiculous. He steals second right after, and it's it's crazy. Um, Set piece from the pitcher's mound. <laughs> he steals second. He's lined up. By getting out the bat. <laughs> um. All right, Sam. I'll go to you next. What is a point, a game, a storyline, whatever you want to say about week two yeah. that intrigued you? Oh, baby. So I, I um, just want to say one thing about set pieces from Jason. Um, the Higuain to Higuain um, goal. That's, 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 in there. that's a beautiful set. And that's going well, to be my transition like, to Miami like, Philly. You let that go in, right? You let that go. It's Higuain to Higuain. You can't defend Oh, that. yeah. You, you have to let that go in, of course. <laughs> okay, tell that to Andre Blake. <laughs> Who, to well, be fair, Andre was Blake not in a position to save that goal. So that, I wanted to talk about um, the Miami Philly game. Just it. Um, Philly, like, really, especially because we just talked about how good Philly looked against Atlanta, uh, albeit short. Um, but but Philly against Miami, I mean, I think they they were like going in hard. They scored that first goal. They had a couple really good chances and just a couple lucky saves from the Miami keeper, just getting his legs in the right position. And then you know, just a set piece goal, Higuain to Higuain, and then this last minute, um. Uh, cross in that that uh, Federico Higuain got on the end of and, and put in. And it was just um, Miami. I don't think is as good as like that to be beating a team like Philly every week. But I think it was just on the cards the way that they were playing that they were just hot that night. And you know who else was hot was Phil Neville in that freaking pink jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like watching the highlights right before we started recording, and that man is just in a pink like sweatsuit and it's ridiculous i this is a good game to talk about saying because i mean i don't really i'm not going to take anything away from philly right i think philly they're playing on philly's dealing with ccl prepping for ccl they got a lot going on um and you know they're handling things pretty well at the end of the day but more for miami i mean at the end of the day this was a good win on the road in philly like gonzalo scoring again you got to keep him scoring, and Philly will keep doing their best to just grind out results. I mean, uh, sorry, Miami will, will keep doing that. Vaughn, I know you were very high on Miami heading into the season. After two weeks, I mean, how are things looking in your brain? The Iguain brothers are scoring. Things have to be kind of good. Yeah, I mean, they're they're involved in the games. They're, they're staying competitive, right? I'm sure when we get to uh, the, the teams that are trending up and trending down, we're going to talk about the Galaxy. Well, Miami had a really solid game against the Galaxy. Um, they, they ultimately ended up on the wrong side of it, but we saw very positive things happening there. Um, and, and then ultimately this result uh, this week, um, th- there's a lot to be excited about in Miami. I think that we see a clear identity. I think we see their star players performing. I think it's a very in, um, fun style to watch, and they're only going to build from here. To me, if this is where they're at through two games, um, and, and if this is the kind of play they're going to get from Gonzalo, um, things are looking up. 
we'll, we'll have to see what happens this week. Um, for any of you in fantasy, you got to take a look at, uh, I, I remember who Miami's playing, but they are missing literally everyone. Like every single major person, Rodolfo Pizarro's gone. The Iguain brothers are gone because uh, their, their uh, mother passed away. So condolences yeah. to them. Um, and then I think you also have um, somebody else is gone. I don't know. There's a whole chunk of players that Miami's going to be without. Uh, include, oh, Robbie Robinson. Like, I don't even know who's going to be starting yeah. up top for them. So, uh, oh, and they play Nashville. Yeah. I, Ryan Shawcross, I've heard, is a pretty damn good forward. Put him up front and cross the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Set pieces. It's a Shawcross. Um, Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to give, uh, I think, Nicholas Figal his shout out in this game because last year um, when Miami brought him in, Figal. Didn't really live up to, I think, what they brought him in for center back really to do. He looked very good in this game. I think probably his best game in Major League Soccer um, overall. So I want to give Figal his shout out. Miami, like I said, they're just they're getting results for a team I didn't really think they would. Um, again, Gonzalo scoring, him making the MLS Aces team of the week two straight weeks. I'll, I'll keep pounding that. Go check that out at MLSAces.com if you're interested to see who else made the team of the week. Um Okay. Anyone else have any Miami or Miami Union takes? Vaughn, uh, I think you. I have a guess of where you're going with this, but I'll let you. I'll Minnesota, let you clearly. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I, I want to give yeah. a little bit of time, just a little shout, because I don't know how often we'll get to do it. Uh, to the Vancouver Whitecaps. Yes. Uh, I'm wearing their jersey today. Thank you. I think Matt Sia was, was uh, yep. in the MLS Aces group. Uh, hit, hit me up and, and uh, got me this Whitecaps jersey. So that's fantastic. Um, but there's a lot to like about the way the Whitecaps have started this season. Um, we said entering the year that uh, Mark Dos Santos was potentially on the hot seat if they didn't come out of the gates playing well. And right now the pieces are coming together. There's some really positive play happening uh, there. They ultimately were very unfortunate to walk away with just a draw this week, but anybody that watched that game knew uh, that the Whitecaps deserved that win. They they played very well. Um, they're getting some really solid performances from a few different places. My Eric Williamson is going to be Christian Gutierrez. Dude's a baller. Yep. Been tearing it up these first two weeks. Um, really exciting, uh, what, what he's been providing them, uh, in, in attack and, uh, Lucas Cavallini, he's involved heavily. I think he was the one who draw the P drew the PK. Um, but this is a team that is showing fight. They're showing that they can hang with the big guys. Uh, they played against TFC here. Uh, obviously TFC was entering CCL as well. So, uh, we, we, we maybe aren't getting a full vision of, of TFC here, but Vancouver looks different to me. They look like a team that can week in and week out, if they continue this form, they're going to be in the mix. They're going to work themselves into a position of being in the playoff mix. And uh, we've talked about how they're looking to add a number 10. If that all happens, if those things come together and they continue on this trajectory, there's a lot of people that haven't been talking about Vancouver, haven't been looking at Vancouver. They're going to start opening some people's eyes. And uh, in this game, I mean, they came back from behind, right? They fell behind early on an unfortunate goal uh, that that happens in the box, right? Yeah. Just falls falls that way, um, and and ultimately that's what happened at the end of the game as well, right? They they got they got their set piece goal against Toronto uh, that that put them up two one in the 70th minute. That was uh, from Christian Gutierrez to Andy yeah. Rose, 
Um, and then a, a really unfortunate clearance by Crippo. Uh, and he's another guy, really underrated keeper, um, that I think uh, it, he's had to deal with some rough Vancouver teams. And we've seen he has the ability to stand on his head. Uh, he's the kind of guy that could take that next step if he has any sort of like a solid foundation team in front of him. Uh, so, yeah, unfortunate result getting a draw. But Vancouver, I really like what they're doing so far. Um, so, yeah, I want to talk about them because I think they deserve it. I mean, very fair. Uh, Christian Gutierrez, great shout. Again, I'll plug the the blog in. Gutierrez is one of three players who's made both MLS Aces teams of the week so far. The dude's absolutely been killing it from left back. Um, I don't know. I, I, I love it. I love seeing a guy like at the end of the day, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but no one knows who Christian Gutierrez is, right? But a guy who just absolutely kind of just is making his name and he's been doing it early. I love seeing it. And Vaughn, to your point, Mark Dos Santos was on the hot seat. And I think I had the white caps in the season preview. I think maybe, I don't know, but I said for the white caps, you got it, Jason. (laughs) I said, hold him accountable. (laughs) Yeah. I'll, I'll See what he said. Because I, I had them pretty high. No, no, no. I wasn't talking about where I have the white caps. I said in the preview that if Mark Dos Santos can stick with a the same formation for more than one week in a row, the white caps might, remember be, this. might be able to actually like play style of soccer. And guess what? They've played a 4-4-2 two weeks in a row, and they've looked decent two weeks in a row. Like yes. time for a 4-3-3. I, I actually have them the highest. Oh, in, in finishing in ninth, uh, Tom has him in tenth, and Sam and Vaughn have him. Oh, oh, Tom has him in eleven. Tom, you have him the lowest. Okay, Sam and I, Vaughn have ten. I don't Tom have confidence in Mark Dos Santos, but I said if <laughs> he did up, something, <laughs> I shouldn't have deleted that tab. Oh man, my computer. Any, <laughs> any more white caps? <laughs> takes before uh, I, I pick what I want to talk about this week. Oh, Maxime Crepo, as we, Tom and I have been on his train for a long time. He was supposed to be the next big thing in Montreal, and um, he, he kind of got spot starts and, and just never got it going, and they traded him to be the starter in Vancouver, and yeah, as long as he gets a decent back four in front of him, like I think he'll be just fine. He was destined to be the new keeper for... Um, Canada until Dane St. Clair came along. And now it's a it's a fun competition if you're it watching. It is a heck of a two horse that. race. That is that is a fun one to watch. Um I want to touch on arguably, depending on the week, the most fun team in Major League Soccer in the San Jose uh, Earthquake. DC not, oh. <laughs> <laughs> not, not DC. Uh, far, far from DC. Even though I'm like what I was doing. Um, San yeah, Jose Earthquake. only. <laughs> yes. I really like the attack for the San Jose Earthquakes. I think Fierro is very good. Um, Vaughn, I know you've been pushing La Chofis hard. I'm still not sold on him, but if he can be a decent 10, then you got some you got some decent production there. Espinoza on the other side, we've seen what he can do for the past two, three seasons. But my pick for young player of the year, Cade Cowell. This week, a goal and an assist, stepping up in, in, in place of Wando, stepping up in place of the other striker. I can't think of Andy Flores. That's his name. Kate Cowell. The teenager's ripped. The teenager's in fantastic shape. 
and he's now scoring goals, begging assists. I think he just needs to start up top every single week for the San Jose Earthquakes. I was going to give you credit for this, Cade Cowell pick, because after watching this game, I was blown away. I mean, that assist was phenomenal. Yo, that was a good. perfect pass. And then, I mean, the goal was great. But uh, He's, what, 17 years old, or is he 18? 18, I think. Oh, my gosh. He's ridiculous. He, he, could, he could legitimately body all four of us at the same oh, yeah. time. Yes. Well, that, that, that wouldn't take they much. the ball and put a <laughs> <Yeah>. top shell. <laughs> I would hey, say man, most I like of the players out built. there could do that. I like to and, think I'm built, but all right. <laughs> you know, Sam and I are both 6'3 plus. We can yeah, maybe bring a little fine. bit of a, a little. I'll stand you know. behind you guys. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> if you just, just for anyone listening, hop on Cade Cowell's Instagram. The kid, like, I think he works He's out. Fun. Every, every minute of every living day. And really, I don't want this to be a me kind of gloating because I will do that. But Cade Cowell, man. Great. Oh my God, his arms. He's huge, man. <laughs> <laughs> Someone just get up a picture is? of Cade Cowell's arms. Is this guy really 18 years old? Oh my God. Does, does MLS have a drug testing policy? Like, are they, <laughs> are they checking That's California, this guy? man. It's cool. You know, it's, it's all good in Cali, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, do you guys have any other earthquakes takes outside of Cade Cowell's a man child and is going to be, I think, a problem this year? I, I need to see 10 games out of this San Jose team. Like, I, I need to see. Well, don't team. worry. Next week they play DC. So that's well, no, a win. I, I, well, they I think had a pretty game against uh, Colorado. I wasn't well, thrilled I with them. I, I think I've seen from Peter Vermes before where he talks about like you don't really see a team and what they're really going to be and how what the rotations are, what they settle down into until 10 games into a season. And yep. at that point, you've got 24 games to go. You've got a big stretch to go, but we have a good sense of what teams are really going to be. For yeah. San Jose, that we have seen how streaky they can be. They can be a team that looks like a top three side in this league, and then they'll go a whole month where they're going to concede like 45 goals. So we need to see consistency out of this side. So to me, we've already seen in two weeks, like week one, a little iffy, like maybe trending down. Week two, whoa, 3-1 victory, and they're getting awesome results from a 17-year-old up top. What is this team going to consistently do? I can need I say, to see more. Can I say one thing about to that point? I agree, right? San Jose, like you said, that's the the – the Almeida style is one week they're looking at LAFC, the other week they're looking at FC Cincinnati. But I really think that for any team, that a having a guy who you can be confident in who is going to score does help kind of smooth things over and calm things down. I'm, I'm hoping Cade Cowell is that kid, is that guy, is that number nine up top for the Quakes because – one for myself, I picked them right. That's that's a nice little just selfish reason why. Did but you guys two, hear the Tom pick, Cade Cowell? <laughs> I haven't heard that. Yet. That's really crazy. Good I'm pretty for sure you, Tom though. just heard about Cade Cowell like last weekend. Yeah, totally. Thanks, man. But I don't know. I think Cade Cowell could be that consistent force up top, giving Christian Espinoza some some help up top as well. I just think that obviously when you add these pieces who are gonna play consistent week in and week out, it does. Doesn't allow for that crazy spectrum of San Jose that we've seen, but 
San Jose is still going to be San Jose. They're still playing the same style. So we'll see. And, you know, they still have Eric Rometty in the midfield, who one week looks like the best holding mid in the league. And again, the next week, he's just giving up balls in dangerous spots and allowing teams to score. So we'll see. I don't know. I just kind of really liked what I saw from, from this team in week two. But that's me. All right. Uh, Jason, we'll go back down to you. Storyline, game, player, anything you want to talk about week two? Uh, I was going to say Colorado because I just am not thrilled with their start to the season. We we'll, just that stick with that. we'll just stick to that because I, they're not good. <laughs> they're just not they're I don't know what that's another defensive thing, too. But like, I just don't know what's going on with them, because to me, going into the season, uh, I think personally, I was pretty high on them. I don't remember if anyone else. We, we all were, I think, somewhat high. <laughs> At least, like, I had them in a playoff spot. I think generally we were around that lower playoff spot. Yeah. But they've come out of the gates just really stale and just not tracking anyone on defense and just letting teams kind of run all over them. They kind of eked out versus Dallas a uh, a win that really was – or not a win, uh, a draw that was pretty insignificant, 0-0. Um but overall, I've just been very unimpressed, and I felt like a lot of their young players like were going to take a step forward where it just seems like they kind of plateaued a little bit. I think that's very fair. Um, I am also down on Colorado. It's obviously still early on, so I'm not trying <laughs> to make uh, a bunch of judgments on teams and how I think, you know, the rest of 2021 is going to look for them. Colorado hasn't had um, Sam Vines. Kellen Acosta has been playing a makeshift left back because they have one left back on the roster and he's been doing a decent he's job. He's been pretty good. Yeah. He's been doing a decent job, but he's not a natural left back, right? Um, I don't think Lawless Abubakar has been there for both games. I know he wasn't there against Austin. I'm not exactly sure week one against um, Dallas if he was there. But um, they haven't had everybody, right? I still think also warming up getting into the season is a thing. But early signs, Rapids fans, aren't great. Um, I am with you there, Jason. Um, Vaughn, Sam, you have any Rapids takes? Or do you want to – we could also quickly touch on Austin getting their first win in MLS play. That's pretty big. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, like, with yeah. Colorado, like like I had said during the preview – they they have no depth whatsoever. So like Kellen yeah. Acosta having to play for Sam Vines, like it's just it's impossible to to like keep up with the season. It, the second they really hit injuries, it's going to be hard. Um, it's very very early in the year. Obviously, two games in. I think Colorado will show some some nice youth, but I just don't think they're. I don't. I wouldn't expect very much at all out of Colorado this year. Maybe some exciting moments, but that's about it. Yeah, I think I, I, Sam. I think you were the uh, the most doubtful of of Colorado of the four of us. Uh, if you just look at that roster; it's really yeah. weak, really weak. Well, and you know what? Consistency is going to help it. Yeah. Oh, very, very much. It's a long season, and you know, at least they play a high altitude. So <laughs> they get they are better, they are way better or way more in shape than I am because they're at high altitude. I think bringing in a a Cade Cowell really would help this team. But um, have you seen Cade Cowell? That dude is a California boy. <laughs> like, there is no doubt in my mind. If you just like looked at him on the street, you'd be like, "Yep, he's from San Jose." <laughs> Von, um, Colorado or Austin take really? 
Yeah, I was going to talk about Austin personally because mm-hmm. I think that this game was way more about what Austin was able to do to Colorado, right? Like, yes, uh, Acosta's being pulled out from uh, the midfield, but by design, Austin totally was able to pull apart Colorado on the field. They dictated everything that was going on out there uh, once they settled into the game. Uh, this this is an expansion team in their second week. A whole bunch of new guys all coming together, and they were able to come back on the road. They were down one nothing in this game. Uh, they even had one of their starters go out, uh, Ben yeah. Sweat, uh, going to miss the rest of the season with what looks like a torn ACL. Um, so that this was a team that was able to respond after losing a starter, after going down one nothing on the road as an expansion team in their second game ever. And then in the second half, they adjusted and they pulled apart Colorado. This is a team in that, 11 minutes and, and, and they're creating really nice opportunities. Like their chance at creation is legit and kudos to Josh Wolf. Uh, also as a brand new head coach, a guy who yeah. hasn't been in that position, getting immediate buy-in. This team is playing cohesively. Uh, maybe the only problem with it is that it looks too um, rigid. It's too good. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like something that teams are going to be able to adjust to yeah. um, over time. If, if, that, if that's the style, I think people are going to catch on. But right now, they just showed the perfect blueprint for pulling apart Colorado. And to me, that's credit to Austin more so than Colorado in this game. Mm-hmm. So, 100%. And to, to you talking about Austin looking a little rigid, obviously, you know, Josh Wolf, you know, we've said it hundreds of times. We're not the first people to say it. Other MLS podcasts and platforms have said it. Replicating the Greg Berhalter 4-3-3, the 2-8 sitting above a 6, that whole style, right? They don't look as fluid yet as kind of what Burhalter has created with the U.S. men's national team. Obviously, only two games into into you know their club's career, but you know Vaughn, I think it's a very very fair point of you know they did the work against Colorado. Colorado didn't mess it up. Austin took advantage of it. Cecilio Dominguez with the brace. Um, they did not have uh, Tomas Pachettino in this one due to an administrative error. Apparently he will be back for week three. So, um, you know, I, I liked Pachettino week one. I was excited to watch him week two and he just wasn't there. So we'll see. Um, I think Austin is going to be a decent team again from what we're seeing early on i'm not trying to make season-long judgments in week two but we'll see and, um, and daniel Pereira is living up to that number one overall seed he, yeah. he looked great out there yeah you know it was supposed to be philip mayaka right and now daniel Pereira out here showing why josh wolf picked them one um okay cool uh <laughs> jason thanks for the colorado talk we went straight into austin <laughs> um, yeah we're good Sam, do you have any other storyline, anything yeah. like that you want to talk about? I do, as um, my internet's crapping out. Yeah, I want to talk about uh, Montreal and uh, Nashville. Okay. So it, that was a, just a fun game. If you didn't watch it, uh, you actually did miss out, in my opinion. That, that was a, a very good game. God, MLS is, sucks just to get to a freaking game so I can like <laughs> look at everything. This is ridiculous. Um, anyway, um, Mason Toy up front scoring just a banger pretty early on, 13 minutes in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Tom, let me swipe that all the way up because it was just fantastic, right? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Uh, and then, um, the second goal from Montreal was just, I know, um, 
not Chris Seitz, Willis. Joe Willis just was not prepared for that to go in the net. It, it kind of hit top top shelf and just kind of bounced down. Uh, it was a little bit lucky, I thought, um, from Montreal. But then um, going in at halftime, 2-0 down, Nashville really showed back up, crossing the ball in a lot more often. Um, Cadiz got got a nice header in on a free kick. Um, Mukhtar got one in. Like it, Nashville, like, they don't look solid so far in the two games I've seen them play, but they're in it. Like, and they've come from down what, 2-0 down both games now, I think. Both games, like, yeah. yeah. That's, that's not something that, like, is easily done ever. And to be <laughs> able to pull that off two weeks in a row, 2-0 down, is pretty ridiculous. And the mentality that that team has is very strong. And I think, you know, that they'll start figuring that out more, but that's that says a lot about that team up front. So, um, and as for Montreal, they're very, very good out the gate, and then they slow down. So it's yeah. fine for for <laughs> Nashville. Fine. That, that that was a great point of teams going down to nothing and coming back, and, and we don't see that happen that much. But they did it back to back weeks. Yonder Cadiz being the guy getting this goal, uh, the goal scoring started for Nashville in both games. He's contract or his loan deal could run out in the summer um we'll see if nashville picks it up it looks like he is the i think you know i i, I would start him every single game at the nine if i if i had the option to um but we'll see if, if nashville wants to kind of make that a permanent maybe extend the loan i really don't know the the, the contractees behind all of that but uh, apparently there's just a bunch of incentives that they have to yeah. kind of all hit for that one to work and it's like june so they got to figure it out by june we will, I guess we will see about that. But um, yeah, Montreal at the same exact point, Sam. It, looking good, bad, average, I guess, is kind of that middle point of it all. Uh, Vaughn, what's up? Well, the thing that I think has surprised me for Nashville is we knew in coming into the season, we said they need to be playing a more expansive style. They can't just be a team that sits back and takes on pressure. Now, in both of these games, they've fallen behind early. I don't know that so much of that was because they were opening themselves up. But we've seen they lead the league by a long shot these first two weeks with 50 shots. This is a team that is creating chances. They're getting in the attack. They like 25. Now, granted, it's against uh, FC Cincinnati and Montreal, who <laughs> we're targeting as like bottom-of-the-table teams. Yeah. But Nashville is creating chances. They are getting opportunities in the attack whether or not they're good but i i think it looks like 21 of their 50 shots have been on target you're going to win some games if you're getting 10 shots mm-hmm. per game on target um so to me for nashville we know they can be a good defense like that they can tighten up they, they're just going to need to find that balance so they've been able to fall behind in these games fight back into them uh you know not lose all the points like at least get a point out of it uh nashville they're the sort of team that they can roll off 10, 12, 15 games un- unbeaten. Um, I- I'm not too concerned for them. I-, I think if anything, I'm optimistic that they've been able to fight their way back in and that they've been able to play that more expansive style. And definitely want to give credit to Daniel Lovitz, who 100% kind of deserves some of that chance creation. I think he leads the league in like it's some crazy stat where it's like the most non-shooting like shooting or passing like chance created 
something in the league. I don't know. My brain's mush at this point, guys. He's been creating a lot. I will just say that um, Daniel Lovitz has been deserving a lot. Probably should have had that more in a cohesive sentence. A key passes. That's what it is. That's a stat. That's, he leads the league. In that's passes. a good stat. Yeah, that that's a really good stat. That's a very good stat. Uh, Vaughn, you have any more Nashville? Wait. Oh, sorry. I apologize. I didn't get to give a Nashville take. <laughs> Jason, we don't care what you think about Nashville. <laughs> Jason, fuck you. <laughs> I guess so, right? I guess so. Anyways, I, well, personally, I really liked what Vaughn had to add about, you know, we know this defense is good. Um, because initially I was a bit worried. I was like, you can't keep going down 2-0. But when you think about it, it's like this is the beginning of the season. There could be some just – I don't know, lack of communication happening, which Cobwebs. is probably, yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Cobwebs that they just got to eke out. And the fact that they're able to come back in these games is huge for them. Like this is showing that not only is this defense who I'm pretty sure everyone's returning um, yeah. from last year was, which was one of the best defense. I think they were the best in the league. Um, they are now proving that they can score and, Despite going down 2-0 in these games, they've pulled out two draws, which is the most impressive thing out of all of this, in my opinion. No, I mean, I 100% agree. Nashville is going to be fun. I think they're going to be much better than what I perceived. Again, not trying to make predictions from week two. It's all two. about you. It's, it's, hey, I, well, I'm saying... Yay for Tom. One... Do you have a final storyline game player, anything you want to talk about from week two? Yeah, the one that is absolutely criminal that we haven't talked about until just now is Chicharito and the LA Galaxy. Who's that? (laughs) It's it's probably going to be the 2021 MVP, even if they ended the season, you know, like like if he didn't get another goal, he's still going to end up winning it. Um, No, I mean the way MLS people are talking. Yes, that is one hundred percent true. Right, true. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. No, no, no. He knows but, his hot take. <laughs> but no, seriously, I I think the LA Galaxy, um, they're doing what uh, I don't know. They're sustainable, but right now they're they're the only undefeated team uh, through two weeks that has played two games. RSL also is, but I'm not going to count that. Um, <laughs> But right know, now, baby. <laughs> uh, Chicharito is performing, and and he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. And um, I, once again, it's I don't think it's sustainable because he's got what five of their six goals. Um, <laughs> he also has five goals in like eight or nine touches of the ball. So yeah. I don't know how sustainable that's going to be across the season. But yes, I, I mean we, we were talking about uh, what. I think we were debating on the last episode, like over under ten and a half goals. Well, he's <laughs> he's at five already. It's gonna go over. It's gonna go ultimately go over unless he just the wheels really fall off. Um, so what's the ceiling for him, right? What what does this team ultimately do? do does do other guys start getting involved in the attack? Um, how, how does the defense hold up? Because right now <laughs> these are three two results. Um, granted, that's against a good Miami team, in my opinion. Uh, it's against a high press pressing team in Red Bulls. Um, you know what it's happens big, when they go up? coming in. Okay, Sega right, but, but, but what's going to happen when they go up against Columbus? When they go yeah. up against Philadelphia? When they go up against a, a full uh, Toronto, LAFC, Seattle? I I don't know that they're there. 
Um, we're going to find out really quick what this Galaxy team is made of. Um, if they're giving up two goals right now, it, it could be more of what we saw in those Lofton days where you see these crazy shootouts where it becomes a, a, a 5-4 slugfest. Um, I still need to see them lock it down on defense. Um, if, if they can learn how to win a few different ways and not be just Chicharito dependent, um, Galaxy could be a really, really good team for this year. And so, I will point out that obviously Chicharito, I think, you know, if people had to vote, he probably is somewhere the like back-to-back MLS player of the week, like a brace week one, a hat trick week two, like just absolutely leading his team to wins, right? The defense for the Galaxy is an issue. We haven't seen any of the defensive pieces they brought in so far this season. I think via Fania, yes. But um, Derek Williams, the center back that they signed earlier in the offseason, I don't think we've seen him yet. Uh, Sega Kulabali, again, we just talked about him earlier coming in. We'll see kind of when he can get on the field. Pair that with, you know, Daniel Steris just continuing to look pretty decent from last season. We'll see kind of where things go with this Galaxy team, but I do agree, Vaughn, to, for this to be sustainable, for this entertainment and success and fun and the Galaxy scoring goals to be uh, sustainable, they need to lock down defensively a little bit, and I also think a healthy Jonah Dos Santos would help that. Clearly, he's not 100% healthy running around on the field, in my opinion, but um, Sam, Jason, any Galaxy Chicharito takes? Yeah, the the Jason. one thing that I really <laughs> like about what Chicharito can you hear me? No, we can hear you. Just Sam was what Sam, happened? Sam was being Sam. It's fine. We're all good. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the one I thing I like about Chicharito. <laughs> uh, Go, Jason. Uh, oh God. Okay. <laughs> the the fact that these goals, I mean, he's doing it in all sorts of ways. In the a lot of them, like that first goal in that game, I forget who took the initial shot that was going wide. Chicharito is just putting himself in positions to get these goals. It's Some of it is just him seeing, you know, having the vision to put himself in the correct spots, which when you're confident and you're a goal scorer and you're doing what he's doing right now, that is huge. And if he can continue to do that and beat and stay this confident and put himself in good spots and put himself in positions where – you know, some of these goals are just tap-ins. Uh, like, the sky's the limit. The 10 goal, he's going to shatter that. I mean, I, I agree with that. I think he's on pace for somewhere closer to 15. I mean, obviously, if you look at his actual games left, goals scored, the pace is something <laughs> on pace ridiculous. Is 85. Yeah. 85. <laughs> is it 85? 85. <laughs> Oh, he can do it. He can do it. You know, break MLS records, baby. Let's go. Um, that's not even just breaking records. That's like, what, more goals than FC Cincinnati at all last year? <laughs> more goals than they let in all last year. <laughs> that actually that's might not, not be true. That is not true. <laughs> that's um, so bad. <laughs> I am going to move on from Chicharito. We'll probably we'll talk about him more and more. I feel like because it doesn't look I'm like sure he'll be slowing down. I don't think it'll be. I don't, Sam, I know, I know, I get it. I don't want to talk about the galaxy. Oh, I'm no, I'm not insulting. I'm sure that Chicharito will keep scoring. Uh, well, I still agree well, I'm with like what I was saying. <laughs> let's let, let's transition to the final point I want to talk about, and was the big I think moral debate on soccer Twitter this past week was David Ochoa 
kicking oh. the ball into the crowd after the um, win over Minnesota. RSL beat Minnesota 2-1. Congrats, RSL. Anderson Julio with the brace, right? Everything's good. Woohoo. David Ochoa, in a game where he didn't really have to do much, I think he made like one save, standard game. He still let in a goal. (laughs) He still let in a goal, right? Um, He And we all know Ochoa for his antics on the field during games, licking soccer balls, talking shit during PKs. Just what David Ochoa does, right? Like he he's a personality and I, I <laughs> Young love man. I love players with personalities. But after this game, he takes the ball, kicks it into the supporter section for Minnesota. His uh, Olympic teammate, Hassani Dotson, is the first one to react, runs up, pushes Ochoa. Ochoa does not even make eye contact. Players are, like, surrounding Ochoa, backing him off. Other guys are getting into fights because Ochoa just was David Ochoa. Is Are people freaking out about this way more than they should? And, Jason, I'll get your opinion first. Like, I think think it's bullshit, but I'll go to you first, Jason. 100% people freak out way too much. It's not – this is just shenanigans. Like, this is just great because (laughs) it's exactly the response that he was definitely looking for. Uh And and he got exactly what he wanted. And so it's just like, whatever. Just let it be. Let him do what he does. This is – you just mentioned many times where he just goes off the chains, right? Like, he just goes off the rails and says what he wants, does what he wants. Like – I, I like the passion, the emotion. Just let it continue. I'd rather that than just like some stale games. Yeah, I mean, look, I agree. Uh, Sam, I'm going to save the goalkeeper take for last. So, Vaughn, what do you... What do you... I I am on the Matt Miazga to RSL train. I want the Bash Brothers of Matt Miazga <laughs> oh my gosh. and David Ochoa just like... The amount of yeah. red cards that they would cause, not even themselves <laughs> getting the red cards, but just causing red cards. Be, that, that should be a new stat. How many red cards have you forced other people to get? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's something, that's something worth tracking that would be damn interesting. Ochoa's get on probably- it, Jason. Get on it. But yeah, I mean, in in all in all seriousness, though, I, I do like the character uh, and, and like that little bite. Right, Thank like the, the the league needs more of that. I, I think you. we were all drawn to like the antics of Zlatan, right? Like we need characters in this league. We need, uh, I I think like the that little uh, t- too confident swagger from Joseph Martinez. Like that's what gets ratings. That's what gets the casual fan interested in this league. It's it's what spices things up in media oh yeah um so yeah we, we've got a narrative in week two about the keeper booting <laughs> the ball you know just wailing on the ball and kicking it into the wonder wall like, international team it's totally what, like, something i would do that's why i love it <laughs> <laughs> Sam. So we need more of that like i, I want more yeah. personality well, you yeah. need you need people who you hate to play against but if he's on your team you die for that oh, yeah. guy and like 100%. this is one of those people, and that's what creates such passion in supporting team. It's like you you love the to hate those players if they're not there. Zlatan, Ozzy Alonzo, or not now, but like you know, I think early yeah. Seattle Founders, Ozzy, yeah. um, Josie Altador to an extent, guys like that who it's just like. They enjoy pissing people the fuck off, and they have an all edge about to them. A, that's all just about a mind perfect. game, right? And yeah. Sam, I wanted to ask you this: 
I think goalkeepers' jobs are split 50-50. It's the physical on the field, getting people set up, making that big save you got to make in a game to keep things close. I think the other 50% is a mental game for goalkeepers. I think oh, yeah. David Ochoa knew exactly what the hell he was doing. And the next time RSL is squaring off against Minnesota United later on in the season and Minnesota United's found their form and things are firing on all cylinders for them, David Ochoa is going to be in the heads of a Hassani Dotson, in the heads of a Bebelo Reynoso of whoever because like Vaughn, Jason, like you, like you guys just said, this is a narrative that's going to carry into their next matchup. Maybe a matchup after that and after that. This is what I personally think is I can't wait for the next time these teams play. But Sam, kind of, what is your thoughts on the whole thing? The mentality of it? Yeah, it's just like uh, I'm with um, both Vaughn and Jason. Like, who cares? Like, everyone's making such a big deal about this. Like, this is a great in the game moment, like he just won a game. Like it was a big game. He's finally solidified that starting position at RSL after you know a couple of years breaking into that fold to replace. He is the heir to Nick Romando. That's a big deal. Nick Romando is the most level-headed standard man until you take a PK against him. He really is. He's a very good, good leader. Having someone like this is super different to RSL, and I think that's good. RSL that doesn't really have anyone like crazy anything really exciting they're very they're going to be a bland team this year really so having david ochoa is, is going to be fun booting the ball into the wonder wall is a ballsy move i don't care who you are it is Love it's it. really dumb it's Love dumb it. but who fucking <laughs> he cares he just won like who cares and also the only people who really truly should care are minnesota fans and that's it no one else should care because they didn't do it to your team so who cares like next that um, Minnesota goes up against RSL, yeah, the Minnesota supporters are going to be pissed off. Yeah, the Minnesota team is probably going to be pretty pissed off. But that's it. And that's where it should be. And we're going to start to see the, those that fire. But David Ochoa, I mean, like, right after the game, too, because I saw the clip of him doing it and all the fights, yeah. he immediately went on Twitter and just, like, retweeted RSL's picture of them all in the locker room. And he went, like, oh, you love to see it. Like, here we go again. And he's, like, that, that was expert-level trolling was to immediately go on and just, like, make it about the team again. Like, That's really fuck with Minnesota. Doing, oh, yeah. What is this? Yeah, they, they, they do that because it means ice in the veins. I saw that on oh, TikTok the other day. Oh, shit. I like yeah, that. Okay, it that. that makes me more sense. Yeah. Love that. God, I'm old. Yeah. Cool. And I want to say, like, also, like, we see where MLS is closing the gap, like, in CONCACAF right where we're getting closer to the playing level i think the places that the gap still needs to finish closing up is yes technical ability but i think oh. we're not that far behind but gamesmanship yeah right now what this is is it's that little edge of gamesmanship it's that getting in the head of the opponent it's that uh being an asshole being a, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's not just about the game that is you know with with the feet it's the mental game and mm -hmm. and this is the part that I think MLS can take that next step and grow and develop. And having characters like Ochoa uh, is going to help in getting that uh, progressing forward. Okay. Do that CONCACAF. Yeah, exactly. Do We're the stuff. only league that doesn't do it. Like, we the US national team doesn't do it. MLS doesn't do it. We're going to play all these teams that are going to go fuck with us the whole time. Why can't we just do it back? Like, this is a good start. Vaughn is right. Philly did it to Atlanta. It, yeah. it was the most amazing thing. Amazing. Right? But, <laughs> do you want to know what else is amazing? 
the beautiful game. Uh, oh, okay. We spend countless hours watching, tweeting, discussing, playing, and talking about the game of soccer because we love it, right? Our favorite memories are really coming from when our teams win and our teams make history. Moments like Liverpool's miracle at Istanbul, Celtics 2-1 triumph over arguably the best Barcelona side we've ever seen. These are the moments that kind of keep us coming back for more podcasting about it more and more each week. But what if you can carry those moments with you all the time? Edit Time Outfitters create soccer-inspired wristbands that let you wear those moments on your wrist. Each reversible elastic design gives, you, gives the supporters of the beautiful game a unique way to rep their favorite team in any setting. With wristbands from your favorite teams across Across Europe, the United States, and beyond, each added time design incorporates a 90-minute story from their most famous match. Now, you can check out all 24-plus added time outfitters' current designs on their website at www.addedtime.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at added time outfitters. Plus, you can go onto their website. You can find that wristband that you really, really want. You can then enter promo code MLSACES, that's M-L-S-A-C-E-S, for a nice little discount on your way out and get yourself, you know, maybe someone else, maybe just rack up on the wristbands, get fill up the arm, just go full arm. And uh, you definitely use our code MLSACES, supports them, supports us, and uh, again, get yourself a cool-ass wristband. So thank you, Ed Time Outfitters, for sponsoring this episode. Uh, um, guys, I want to go around very quickly and I want everyone to kind of have their stock up, stock down team, uh, where, where teams are right now. Right. So Vaughn, I'll go to you. Which team has your stock up? Which team has your stock down right now? I, I already talked about Vancouver, but I'm going to say LA galaxy, quite frankly. Um, I, I think they're trending in the right direction. They're the only team that's two and oh, uh, we, we, this is a league of parody. And right mm -hmm. now, uh, the galaxy are sitting on top. And uh, I think they can continue to ride that wave and grow upon it. And uh, as they get their defense in place, uh, they can build. So it's going to be a matter of uh, who else can get involved around Chicharito, but they're going in the right direction. And who is your stock down right now? Oh, golly gee. I don't know that I really know that off the top of my head. Stock down. You don't have to. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say Minnesota. I mean, right now they, they have been slow out of the gates. Um, they're, they're going to have to get things turned around. Um, they're going to have to get some pieces in there. Reynoso is playing well, but he's not getting on the score sheet. Um, they, they've had some really disappointing results, including this week against uh, um, RSL. So, yeah, for me, stock down just because of how high their stock was at the beginning, Minnesota. Help is coming, Minnesota fans. Help is coming. Sam, give me a team that you have your stock up on and a team your stock is down on. Yeah, so my stock is up on a team we didn't even talk about tonight, and that does surprise me, and that's uh, the Seattle Sounders. Uh, week yeah. one, big win against the, that Minnesota team that we were all super high on. And then week two, I mean, giving up that set-piece goal um, <laughs> pretty, early, pretty early on, well, like three minutes in, but then being able to hold, score a goal, and keep that 1-1 draw against LAFC, a really good LAFC team still. I, th I think um, they're trending in the right direction better than I expected they would be doing. I really expected them to be losing to LAFC by a couple goals this week. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty high up on Seattle right now. It's a pretty good move. In terms of stock down, I'm pretty much with Vaughn. The only team I'm, like, surprised about right now is, like, Minnesota's looking pretty rough, but they're going to figure it out. It's week two. So Okay. I think that's fair. Stock down is tough, but Jason... Uh, do your best at it. Stock up, stock down. 
Yeah, so my stock up is a team that's actually could can be considered stock down as well in Toronto. Okay. I'm picking Toronto though because I think their signing of what Solteldo. Soltado. So yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, plus the you know, Io's coming back. He's he's back, but like once he's really there, uh Pozuelo, once he comes back, I just see them growing from here like i feel like this is their weakest point and they'll just continue to be better um so personally i guess like where they're at now i don't think is a solid indication of where they're gonna finish which Mm -hmm. i think they're gonna rise stock up um quite literally stock up um stock down stock down is tough i will definitely vaughn sam i agree with you guys it's it's I feel like it's still too early on to really like shit on a team for lack of better, you know, words, but yeah, but Minnesota up. shouldn't have lost to RSL. Yes. <laughs> um stock down, I'd probably go actually with Portland. Like I haven't <laughs> Did you just say something bad about the Portland Timbers? I just haven't right, been that someone impressed. Took Jason. I mean, sure they've had CCL at the same time. But they've been busy. Yeah, they've been busy, and they beat Houston, but it wasn't like that great of a win. It wasn't. It wasn't like a statement, and they were pretty bad against Vancouver. And like I said earlier, let in a set piece goal and basically a second one, if not for a handball. So that looked pretty poor. But I don't know. I'm just. I'm not nearly as impressed. I what I picked them to finish first. I think or. Up in the top three, I think we all oh, picked exactly. them in the top four. Yeah, and I think they'll settle in and be fine overall. But I'm not impressed with the start of the season for them, especially against Vancouver and Houston. Like, should be two wins. Yeah, uh, you know, I, Vaughn may disagree about the Vancouver pick, but I mean, I, <laughs> I don't fully disagree. My stock up is Austin FC. Um, I think, obviously, two games into a, into a, a club's career, right? I think you are starting to see some kind of motions put into place. Yes, Ben swept out with an injury for the rest of the season. Yes, trying to figure out Tomas Pochettino's situation. But he's uh, they're my stock up. I really think I'm seeing a lot of positives. And Cecilio Dominguez getting on the score sheet. Now it's just get Rodney Redis on the score sheet and their two big winger signings. Um, you know, we'll be in full action. So Austin FC is my stock up. My stock down, I think... I don't want to do it, Sam. I really don't want to do it, but I think it's DC United. Two games. Really? This, this is the reason why. Two games. Okay. They have allowed two goals in two games, right? Not bad. Yeah, but one of those they scored for themselves. Yeah, one of those yeah, they scored for themselves. They didn't do that. And the only goals they have scored were on you know a header and a wonder goal right at the end of the day they haven't sp- off of a corner so it was like some set pieces i just I, yeah, from the, which from the MLS play, you can't defend them from the yeah, run so. it just hasn't been fancy hasn't been good it hasn't been just standard i think for dc united that's um fair. okay so early on they're my stock down i'm not saying that's going to be a full season but kind of week two where i'm at Tough to pick a team, but uh, DC, my stock down. Kick me while I'm down. <laughs> yes. Can I, can I change my stock down? Of course. No, you can't pick DC. 
Stop. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm okay. going to talk about the team that has been totally off everyone's radar. We're not talking about. Hasn't come up. FC Dallas. Don't um, do it. Don't. Do there it. we go. Well, no. You got to look at it. First week, FC Dallas. They laid an egg, literally a goose against egg, Colorado. against Colorado, a team that got worked over by an expansion team. Yeah. Um. And and Dallas, they have their full cal- Calvary. Like they aren't really missing anyone. Um. And in this game, they yes, they had to go onto the road to San Jose, but. Uh, a lot of people were picking Dallas's defense, uh, and at the end of the day, they got destroyed by San Jose with a 17-year-old Cade Cowell up top. Right, like they're getting picked apart by San Jose. A hey, team he's strong. He is strong, but I'm <laughs> saying, like, ultimately, this is not what we were expecting from Dallas. Uh, a lot of us, there's some people that still think they're a playoff team. Um, I think all of us had them on the wrong side of the playoff line, uh, missing out. Um, okay. Oh, you you had him in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. Dallas does not look like a playoff team right now. They look like they are missing a lot of pieces. They got one goal through two weeks. Um, they don't look impressive, and I think that's why they haven't even been on our radar. We haven't even talked about them because they're right. not giving us anything to talk about. I have nothing to disagree with there. Uh, I think the only missing player has been Jesus Ferrara. Uh, you know, Paxton Pomical getting worked in slowly, Ricardo Pepe getting, you know, subbed in, but, you know, Frank O'Hara goal. has not been a good DP striker. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not the same team that we saw from last year, definitely, for sure. Wrapping things up, guys, uh, we are going a little long, so I'm quickly just going to say USL Championship continues into week two this weekend. Watch that. USL League One continues into week three or four this weekend. Watch that. The NWSL Challenge Cup is still going on. Uh, Nisa's spring season, that's happening this weekend, apparently. You know, yes, from a championship game straight into the spring season. Shout out Detroit City for the big uh, Legends Cup. <laughs> Yeah, okay, Legends Cup, that win. Um, yeah, MLS is happening. A lot of U.S. soccer going on. Uh, watch it. That's all I have to say. That That's the games of the week is is watch all of it. Do your best. Um, guys, for, for Vaughn, for Sam, for Jason, for myself, thank you all for watching. Uh, peace out and, and enjoy U.S. soccer.